You're listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. Hey, I'm Cody Bueller, joined by my brother Kyle. Today on the show, we're going to take a look at the last couple of games as a whole. We're going to dive into some of the things going on with the roster, and then we're going to wrap it up looking at the potential playoff matchups for the Jets. All right, so for segment number one today, we're going to look at the last couple of games for the Winnipeg Jets on a little bit of a roll, and when you're winning, everything is looking good. Uh, so the Winnipeg Jets, uh, when you look over the last couple, with wins last night over the Anaheim Ducks, 3-0. They beat the Kings on Monday, 3-2. The Flames, 2-1 on Saturday, and then last Thursday, 4-3 over the Bruins. And so the Jets on a hot streak. The last podcast we did was right after a big loss. We played the blame game. And when actually watching uh, the Jets game on Saturday with a fellow Jets fan, we kind of talked about that exact same play. And they didn't have as much problem with the Ehlers pass as they did with where everybody else was pinching and the way everybody else was reacting. But we don't want to get on that again, Kyle. Uh, right now, looking over these last couple of games, everything's more positive when you're winning. What do you like over these last few? Well, the interesting thing here is uh, take out that Ducks game there for a second, but all those other three victories are all by one goal. And the interesting thing to me is, uh, is specifically in that Boston game, the Jets almost let the Bruins back into it really late. And, I mean, it was exact deja vu from weeks ago against uh, San Jose, a few more weeks ago against Minnesota, almost happened again against the Bruins. So just that, that idea of closing out games still isn't quite there for the Winnipeg Jets. But as far as the other games, winning those tight games is a good thing, but you want to get more than a one-goal lead, especially against teams like Calgary, Boston. Um, You want to be able to score and be ahead by more than one goal just in case something bad happens near the end of the game. That's kind of what struck me in these last few games. Well, the one thing I've liked, though, is that the Bruins are a good team. They're high in the standings in the East, a team you don't see a lot of, but the Jets were able to win. Calgary is a team that's highly touted, has already clinched a playoff spot in the West, yet the Jets were able to win. Hockey night in Canada, a little bit of a bigger audience, more eyeballs on them. Whether they think about that or not, they were able to win against a good Flames club in a low-scoring affair. The Jets have always been a team that's kind of scored their way out of trouble Well, they won a tight, low-scoring game, and so I like the balance, being able to see them win tight games, being able to see them win low-scoring ones as well, and then the Kings, obviously a bottom-feeder team, the Jets winning that, and then the Ducks as well, a bottom-feeder, and so I like the balance. Some good teams, some bad teams winning both ways, and so I think it's only good for the Winnipeg Jets. We've kind of seen it. Have you noticed at all the play kind of tighten up as we get closer to the playoffs? I think that's kind of what's happening. Yeah, I don't know if it's tightened up or if the Jets... I don't know what it is. I would say the wins haven't been pretty by any means. They're struggling to find the back of the net, uh, specifically against Anaheim. That game was just atrocious to watch. Uh, it, it was just a lot of hacking and slashing and not very nice-looking hockey and not very nice-looking plays. There wasn't many good exits or good zone entries just that sort of thing. Maybe it is the, the mentality of the playoffs are coming around, but whatever it is, the, the Jets just haven't seemed quite on their game, despite the fact that they have won four in a row now. Now, the thing that drives me crazy is when these games are starting. And I've talked about this on the show. 
I go to bed between 9 and 9.30, and that's when these games are starting. So a little bit frustrated. I haven't been able to watch the last two games, Kings and Ducks. Won't be able to watch tonight either against the Golden Knights. Maybe you'll catch part of the first period. Uh, frustrating for guys like me who get up early in the morning. Saturday at 6, now there's a good time for a hockey game. So those were kind of those games at an absolutely broad level. Now we're going to break it down a little bit. We're going to start with Connor Hellebuck. And the thing that I found fascinating was he earned his first shutout of the season against the Anaheim Ducks. He's played a lot of games this year and hasn't earned one shutout so far. Does that speak to Hellebuck or does that speak more towards the team defense for the Jets? Well, well, you can look at it both ways. And obviously, I think both is the answer. The actual uh, games, each one, there's been actually quite a few games. And I was going to look this up. How many times he's let in just one goal? And the game actually right before against Calgary, the last one that he played, uh, was also another one of those ones where he only let in one goal. And so for him this season, it's sometimes where he lets one in that's a little bit soft. And sometimes the defense in front of him doesn't play a little bit poorly. But I think that's kind of got to be a monkey off of his back to get that first one. Yeah, I totally agree. And I would say it's probably more of the, the defense than Hellebuck himself. Um, but I, there was a time earlier on in the season where there was a few soft ones led in by Hellebuck that he probably would have wanted to have back. So it's definitely a combination of both. But yeah, totally agree with you. It's totally, it's really good to see him finally get that one out of the way, and maybe that spurs on a few more down the stretch. I, I just checked it. There's 11 games this season where he's let in a single goal. So that's 11 where, in theory, he could have gotten the shutout, just needed one more save. And so uh, those are ones that really just a bounce here or a bounce there, and he could have a bunch more shutouts. Obviously, you're going to have games where you let in just one, but those ones that could just go either way. Uh, the next one, The next thing I wanted to get into specifically here in segment number two was the roster change for the Jets. They kind of had their lineup finalized, and I think for a couple of games like Friday or Thursday and Saturday, the lineup was kind of what we would expect the playoffs to be like. That's kind of who we would expect in the lineup. Obviously, save for Bufflin and Morrissey, and the back end would get changed around, but up front anyway. But then on Monday, Hendricks came into the lineup, Jack Rozovic came out, and they said because it's kind of a heavy game and a heavy style, if they were ever going to get a game for Hendricks, that would be the one. I was just went straight to Twitter to see what they were going to say about it. What did you think about that move, Hendricks going in, Rozovic out? Well, I, I honestly don't mind it. The Winnipeg Jets are in a position that they can play around with things in their lineup. The playoffs are virtually guaranteed. Uh, they can actually lock it up tonight against the Golden Knights. Um, but when you have that extra room, you can kind of play around a little bit. You can put Hendricks in. You can take Rozovic out. It doesn't really matter. I like the idea of getting Hendricks a game. I think that's probably a good thing just to get him some ice time. And, I mean, one game in the press box is not going to hurt Rozovic either. So, to, in my mind, I think it's completely fine that, that Paul Maurice chose to do that. Yeah, and as far as taking Rozovic out, I'm with you. One game in the press box isn't a big deal if Rozovic has to go up there. And it's not like he's been playing that amazing. Uh, his stats isn't aren't lighting anybody on fire. He hasn't really blown me away over the last couple of weeks. And so if he does come out to give Hendricks a little bit of time and maybe somebody else, maybe like another one for Pera Lindholm, I'm okay with that. But I still think Rozovic would give us our best chance come playoff time. Yeah, 100%. He, he's going to be the guy in that fourth-line role in the playoffs. We all know that. It's not going to be Lindholm. It's not going to be Hendricks. It's going to be Rozovic on that fourth line. 
potentially or probably with Perot and Cop like we've seen. Um, so I, I like keeping Rosnovic in there, but to get a guy a game is not the end of the world. Uh, the interesting thing for me is that the Winnipeg Jets have not done that on the defensive side of things. Uh, specifically, Bogdan Kisilevich has been sitting in the press box since coming to town, and it hasn't been in a game at all, despite pretty much everybody else and all these injuries coming in. And we saw actually the last game um, against Anaheim, Joe Morrow comes in and Nathan Beaulieu goes out. So instead of having Kisilevich come in, Joe Morrow returns an injury as well. So he maybe didn't have that on the defensive side, but I think on the offensive side, that's why we're seeing Hendricks and then Lindholm we saw a couple weeks ago as well to get everybody in there. I know people, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I saw another po- person posted up on Facebook. If the everybody's healthy, what are your D pairings for the Winnipeg Jets? And so basically, I think we've kind of mentioned this in the previous episodes of the podcast. For me, it's Morrissey Truba, Bufflin, and let's say... See, Bufflin and is the big question for me because I'm fine with Kulikov-Myers on the third pair. I would like to see Bufflin and Niku on that second pair, but I feel like it's probably going to be Bufflin-Sherratt once the playoffs start and everybody's there. I think you're right in what's going to happen. What I would like to see happen is to have Niku instead of Kulikov in the lineup. So I would run Morrissey Truba, Bufflin and Sherratt like we've seen, and then uh, Myers with Niku on the third pairing is what I would like to see. I think we'll see the traditional pairings of Kulikov, Myers, Sherratt, Bufflin, Truba, Morrissey, uh, when everybody gets healthy. Just uh, saying those defensive pairings makes me feel so much more comfortable, kind of almost puts me at ease, because the current D pairings, even though they've played okay enough to win these last couple of games, they still just make me a little bit nervous without Bufflin and Morrissey there. Yeah, I totally agree. And you can kind of tell in the style of play, uh, the power play just really needs Dustin Bufflin back. Nobody can quite move the puck like him, or shoot the puck like him. Uh, But specifically in the last few games, it's been trying to enter the zone and maintain possession. I know they had a heck of a time against Anaheim trying to do that. Bufflin is really good bringing the puck up the ice on the power play, and he's got the booming shot to boot. And so now we've just talked about some of these specifics. Is there anything else specific you wanted to talk about as far as personnel-wise goes? No, I think the rest of the lineup is pretty much set. We've seen the, the top three lines pretty much stay the same. Uh, the only thing would be interesting to see if if they want to reunite TLC for some matchup heavy duties in the playoffs, you could have Brian Little center that fourth line to have kind of an offensive fourth line with Roslovic, Perot, and Little. That would be an interesting look. The Jets might want to try down the stretch to see what happens. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that combination either because then I feel that the shutdown line is definitely a shutdown line and then it gives a little bit more offensive punch punch with Perot and Rozovic. I think little between those two guys gives them more offense potential for that line, but then obviously less for the third line. So again, it's just all about balance. I think then that really balances because with Perot, Kopp, and Rozovic, I definitely look at it as the fourth line. But if you switch Cop and Little around, then it kind of almost is like a 3A and 3B with the TLC in that fourth line. Or what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. But uh, Rosovic with Perot and with Cop in the middle, they've actually been really, really good together, especially in the last few games. I know Cop's been playing very well in the middle. Palmeries likes to have him in the middle as well. So I like that fourth line right now, even though it is more of a fourth line. I think they've been playing really well 
especially in the last couple of weeks. Well, the big thing is playing well and making sure everybody's coming back, lots of back pressure heading into the playoffs. Everybody needs to be skating and tightening things up, and hopefully the Jets can do that. And so now, speaking of playoffs, in our final segment today, we're going to look at potential playoff matchups for the Winnipeg Jets now that we're starting to get close to finalizing everything in the last few games here. So if the playoffs were to start today, the Winnipeg Jets, they have nine games left. But right now they are first in the Central Division, three points up on Nashville, who's second. The Blues are sitting third with 84 points. The Dallas Stars are fourth with 82, and they're in the first wildcard spot. The second wildcard spot is currently held by the Arizona Coyotes, and so that is uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise to some. I did not really expect them to get into the playoffs this year, but good on the Coyotes. Uh, Right now, they are one point ahead of the Minnesota Wild for that second wildcard spot, and the Coyotes actually have a game in hand on Minnesota, but of course, with 10 games, 9 games left to play, uh, still a lot up in the air. And so now, for the Winnipeg Jets, who would you want to see them matched up against in the first round? If you were to have your pick, and we're only going to pick those teams, we'll throw Minnesota in if you want to maybe just go outside of the playoffs, but I don't really think, I guess Colorado is two points out, Minnesota's one point out, but those are the only teams really in striking distance. You could say the Blackhawks, but they're four points out. That's still quite a ways, but we'll just go with those teams right now. Who do you want to see? Yeah, so the, the most likely matchup we're seeing is either St. Louis or Dallas. Uh, probably, right? Um, potentially Arizona. Out of those three, honestly, I don't really mind any of them. R- realistically, I don't think any of them are, are that dangerous come playoff time. And Dallas has that ridiculous top line. St. Louis went on that crazy run a few about a month ago but I would not be I wouldn't really care if the Jets had to face any of them in the first round I think you can get by any any one of the three without really any difficulty yeah and so you look at the Pacific Division the Flames are first with 97 and so if they finish first they'll get the other wildcard team the Sharks and it really based the way it's looking right now it's going to be pretty tough for the Jets to catch the Calgary Flames in first so basically, whoever the Jets get will be the second wildcard team based on what we're seeing right now. Or sorry, the Jets will get the first wildcard team, not the second. And so it's probably like you're right, most likely the Blues or the Stars. And then in the Pacific Division, the Coyotes, I don't think are going to catch the Golden Knights for third. So if there's going to be a team making the playoffs from the Pacific, it's going to be the Coyotes. And so now just looking at those matchups, Blues and Stars... Uh, those teams, again, have gone on big streaks this season. It looked like Dallas was going to be the third-place team in the Central for a long time, and then the Blues went on that massive run. They did play so well for so long, I kind of wonder if they peaked too early. Well, obviously they didn't peak early enough to be in there in a consistent spot all season, but they peaked early, got into a playoff spot, and then now are they kind of on the decline heading into the postseason? They are 4-4-2 in their last 10 games. The Stars, on the other hand, are 7-2-1 in their last 10 games, so take that how you will, how much you how much stock you put into recent performance heading into the playoffs, but the Stars might be more of a tougher team to beat, and again, they're only two points apart for that third spot in the Central. Well, the thing that scares me about St. Louis is is their goaltending, and because you never know what you're going to get. For most of the last couple seasons, it's been really shaky over in St. Louis, and then Bennington comes out of nowhere now, throws up a 950, 960 save percentage over a long period of time, and St. Louis shoots up the standings. So if you get the Jake Allen of last year or earlier this year, 
with a sub-900 save percentage, yeah, easy first-round win for the Winnipeg Jets. But if you get all of a sudden a hot streak by Bennington, where St. Louis is winning all their games, you never know what's going to happen. We saw how goaltending last year can steal a series against the Golden Knights. It's You, you never want to run into that. And, and for that reason, I would maybe want to stay away from St. Louis because you just don't quite know what you're going to get. I'd rather take my chances with the, with the tough top line of Dallas and, and deal with them. Yeah, no, you definitely make some good points. It's just really, which team are you going to get going into that first week? And so if the Stars are on this rise right now where they're 7-2-1, and one, if they can keep this hot play going, they'll probably move into third. And then I'm okay with that if St. Louis is dropping and the Jets catch a team that's dropping in the standings opposed to a team that's on the rise. That's the only way I would look at those teams because you're right, they both have their pros and their cons. They're not super deep, and I don't think anybody's really expecting either team to go on a long playoff run. So there you have it. If you want us to talk about anything on the next episode, hit us up on Twitter. We are at Jets and Podcast. Find all of the Jets Nation podcasts at JetsNation.ca.